Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. Hey, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I'm Jonathan, and I'm enjoying helping you guys be born-again Christians living in the power of God. You see, I want to help you today with understanding yourself. I had a dream last night. I was fighting myself, and we both had these stupid little steak knives And it wasn't until I woke up that I realized that I was fighting myself. And there's a scripture in the Bible where Paul talks about those who oppose themselves. So I just want to help you because this is really simple and really easy to fix. 1 Thessalonians 5 says that we are spirit, soul, and body. Now God loves your soul. He's going to redeem your body. But The power of God isn't going to be fully manifest until he returns again. So Jesus Christ is all-powerful. It's true. He really destroyed all of the works of the devil. When he died, he bought everything back. I've worked for Jewish people. Now, Jewish people don't go into business without locking everything up. You know, why I say that is Jesus being Jewish... He didn't go to the cross just to buy back half of the population. You know, Jesus doesn't go into business, you know, taking a rental. You know, Jesus bought the building, he bought the shopping center, he bought the city, he bought the government, he bought everything to guarantee that his business would work. So when Jesus died on the cross, he bought you, he bought every man, he bought the world back, he bought the earth back. He took the devil's keys off him, so the devil now has no authority. The Bible says that that he crushed uh, his head, you know, even though he bruised Jesus' heel. So Jesus has just got a little bit of a bruise on his heel, but the devil has been crushed in the area of his authority. And so Jesus has given us all authority, he said, over the power of the evil one. And so the devil still has power. Why? Because Jesus hasn't come back in the full force of his power. In the end, our physical bodies will be raised imperishable. So at the moment, things are still perishable. If you pick a beautiful apple and leave it on the side of the road, it's just going to melt. It's going to turn into dirt. But in the kingdom of God, when it fully manifests, you see Hebrews says that we've tasted of the powers of the age to come. So the door is going to be closed on this age. And this age is the age of grace. So the Mount of Transfiguration was when the end of the law was. You see, Jesus said John the Baptist was the greatest of all of the Old Testament prophets. And he said that even the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. And so there was a moment on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus stood with Elijah and Moses. So Moses represents the law 
and Elijah represents the prophets. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, and they're in agreement. So Jesus is standing there at the dawn of the kingdom of God. And so we are now in the age of grace, but the next age is the age of power. That's why it's going to be impossible to be saved after you die. So there's going to be a moment in history, a dividing moment. It's going to happen. It's going to be recorded. And it's already happened in a sense. But Jesus is going to come back in power. He will utterly destroy his enemies. He will utterly repay everybody for everything that they've done wrong. His wrath will be poured out. You know, God is not an eight-pound baby Jesus from Talladega Nights. He is a warrior. He is the Lord of War, Exodus says. And he is going to fight. He's going to take over. When he comes, he's coming in power. So he didn't come in power when he stood before Pilate. He said to Pontius Pilate, I could call my angels, but he didn't. But he will be coming back with his angels. There are angels in the book of Revelations where one of them stands with a foot on the land and another and the other foot on the sea. There are big angels. They are going to kill the devil. They are going to lock him up in chains forever and he'll never get out. But that day hasn't happened yet. So we're living in this age of grace where we still are imperishable. Sorry, where we still are rather perishable, where our bodies don't last forever. They do wear out. And so there's a spirit inside of your body that says, I don't want to die. I should never die. You know, we don't expect to get old, but we do. We find it a surprise when we get old. We find it a surprise when 20, 30 years go by and we wonder what happened. You know, but that's because we are primarily and first and foremost a spirit being. God is a spirit. And that's why this whole podcast focuses on you being a spirit. And so your spirit, the Bible says in Timothy, is love, power and a sound mind. So your spirit has self-control. Your spirit has power. Your spirit, Jesus said, your flesh is weak, but your spirit is willing when he prayed in the garden. And so what I'm explaining to you, I'm laying a foundation for my main point, which is your body is fickle. You know, your body is your flesh and it's weak. Your body includes your physical body, your cells, your arms and legs and feet. But it also includes your flesh, which is your carnal nature, which is the natural man, the man that we're meant to put off. We're meant to put off the natural man. The Bible says those who are led by the flesh cannot please God. In fact, if you sow to your flesh, if you invest in your flesh, you will die. But if you invest in the spirit, you will live. So if you're investing in your flesh, what's that? Reading books to, you know, increase your intellect, you know, working to buy a house to save money, you know, all of these things, you know, working towards other people's opinion, whether it's your ego or your id, both of them are your flesh. You see, Jesus commanded us to not worry about what we will eat, what we will drink, what will we wear. He commanded us to seek first the kingdom. He commanded us to lose our lives. Okay, so Jesus Christ the King is giving us this time of grace 
to choose to be led by the Spirit of God, to show him that we're sons of God, and our reward will be in the kingdom of God, which is not yet fully manifested. The kingdom of God has come, it's at hand, but Jesus will, in a sense, um, you know, fully manifest his kingdom. When he fully manifests his kingdom, there will be no death, there will be no sin, there will be no sinners. Every sinner will be removed. Every tear will be burned. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit will be cut off and they will not be found anymore in his kingdom. They will not be allowed in his presence. They will not even be able to find him. They'll be gone. And he will crush the enemy under his feet completely. He will destroy the earth. He's going to blow it up. He's going to release his anger on all of his enemies, including humans. But not now. He's, this is the age of grace. But in the age of power, he will burn heaven and earth. His wrath will shake the earth. It will be unbearable and everyone will die. And his enemies will, will be punished and sent to hell. And the devil will be punished forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And so what do we do right now? Right now, we are in the time of grace. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says to, to approach God now while he may be found. Jesus said, while you have time, go and make your accounts right with the person you're in debt to. You know, let, lay your gift aside and go and make friends with your brother and then come back. So now is the time. In the parable about the poor man who was licking his sores and the rich man who went to hell, after the rich man died, he could not communicate anymore. He could not come back. He couldn't talk to his brothers. He said, can you send the Lazarus, can you send the, the beggar to, to bring me a glass of water? I mean, even in hell, he hadn't repented. He still thought he was better. He still thought that the poor man should be helping him. He had it backwards. Now, right now, hear me. This is for you now. Right now, you have power. You have a spirit of power. And he, he listen to me. This is a step-by-step instruction. You need to write this down. The Holy Spirit is one with your spirit. He testifies with your spirit that you're children of God. Now your spirit is born again. Your spirit is made right with God. Your spirit is justified. Your spirit is holy. But your soul is being sanctified. Your soul is not yet fully sanctified. You are being transformed into the image of Christ. It's from glory to glory, from strength to strength. The Christian life is not a roller coaster. You do not have valleys. You do not have troughs. You do not have ups and downs. That's not biblical. Bad things happen, but you overcome them all because we are triumphing, triumphant in Christ. And he turns everything together for good. And the Bible says we go from glory to glory, strength to strength, and we're being transformed into his image day by day. So no matter what happens, you are a victor and you will rise victorious. So listen to me. Your spirit is power. Say that. My spirit is power. Say it again. My spirit is power. Imagine your spirit is in your guts. It's in your stomach. And your voice is manifesting your spirit. My spirit is power. And it's a sound mind. And it's love. So 
your spirit is power first and foremost over your soul. Now, your soul, let me explain it, is your mind, will, and emotions. Now, you are not to be led by your soul. Your soul will lead you. It wants to be in control. That's why the Bible says not to be conformed to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world is to be flesh-focused, soul-led. We are to be spirit-focused, spirit-led, word-led. One of my favorite technologist on Twitter, his name is uh, uh, Pranav Mystery, he's a brilliant genius. He's the Beethoven and Isaac Newton of the technology world of today, but he is hedonistic. And he posted something on, on Twitter saying that anything that satisfies the soul is truth. And I thought, you poor man, you know. No, that's hedonism. Your soul is fickle. One day you want to be married to your wife. The next moment you want to sleep with your secretary. I mean, you know, we don't be led by our feelings. We don't be led by our soul. Our emotions are fickle. Our mind is easily swayed. Our will is broken. Just ask anyone who's gone on a diet. Ask anyone who's tried to quit smoking. I mean, ask anyone who's joined the gym. It's, our will is a beast that needs to be tamed, needs to be broken. And so Sunda, not Sunda, Pranav mystery is wrong. You know, and I replied, I said, mate, I said, truth is, you know, principles and laws and they don't change. And we need our family and friends and society too to support us in those laws and principles that don't change. I said, the soul is fickle and you're hedonistic. (laughs) Um, Oh, can I tell you a story? Today I had a Bible delivered by the postman. So he had no idea what was in the box. And I answered the door, you know, and he's in a rush, you know, the guy. And I said, mate, mate, I said, you're holding a weapon. He looked at me funny. I said, you've got the most dangerous thing on the face of the planet. That thing in your hand has killed millions and it saved billions. And I ripped it open in front of his eyes and I said, it's the Bible. (laughs) I said, Hitler tried to get rid of it. I said, the, you know, these new Marxist left-wing politicians are trying to, you know, censor it. I said, the Bible is not... Uh, not able to be chained anyway he loved it he loved it and then he ran for his life anyway so that was funny um now why do i say all this why i'm saying this is you have power from god and you have no excuse he's given you the holy spirit he's given you the kingdom your spirit is born again and he's given you the word of god so the word of god reveals this to you i'm just helping you out as a gift in the church but You need to read the Word of God because it helps you to divide between soul and spirit. Hello? This is where Jesus said, it's those who understand. I know you can't hear this. This is frustrating to me. He, Jesus, the King of the universe, said that the kingdom of God is like a seed, but The only person who receives the seed and bears fruit, he specifically, explicitly, forensically, objectively says, is he who understands the word. 
And when he explained the parable, he said the good soil is the man who understands the word. Proverbs 24 says the house is built by understanding. So I said in a previous podcast, the devil isn't your worst enemy. Your lack of knowledge is your worst enemy. Because if you just knew who you were, if you knew that the Bible said that you are already seated in the heavenly realms, you are literally sitting on the throne of God right now. You are literally standing in the courts of heaven right now and the devil has nothing on you. You can sneeze and he will run for his life like a scared chicken. Your lack of knowledge and your lack of understanding is what is holding you back and what causes you not to bear fruit. I encourage you to read every book by Dr. Miles Monroe. Read every book. Listen to the sermons by Miles Monroe and Benny Hinn on the kingdom of God because you need to get understanding. Yeah? Because if you understand your yourself, see the Bible says that the the word of God is a double-edged sword that divides between your soul and your spirit. So you need to know which part of you is your soul and which part of you is your spirit. And so this is what you're writing down. The secret is you are born again you're seated in heavenly places, according to Ephesians chapter 1. And interestingly, Ephesians chapter 1, it actually goes in order of Father, Son, Spirit. It's the Father revealed, the Son revealed, and the Spirit revealed. It's amazing. Let's go there just quickly. I didn't, I, this didn't come from me. It came from a, a Bible search I did, a study. See, it starts off, chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You see, the Father chose him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless. And then it goes it goes on. Um, then it goes to the Son. In Christ, the Beloved, verse 7, we have redemption through His blood. This is the Son, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, He might gather together all things in Christ, both in heaven and earth. Then it goes on to the Spirit. Verse 13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So it goes, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, hallelujah. And then in verse, this is so good, verse 15, all of them are mentioned together. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God which is Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. There you go. You've got the Lord. You've got Jesus. You've got Christ. You've got Father. You've got glory. You've got Spirit. You've got the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. <laughs> it's all there. So I just love it how Paul lays it out. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So that's where you are. That's who you are. If you don't know who you are, read Ephesians again and again and again. Now, now that you know who your spirit is, 
now that you know that your spirit is in control, yeah? What is control? Control is power. Let me tell you, why do you want to win Tats Lotto? Why do you want to pay off your house? Because it's power, baby. If I gave you a million dollars, you would have power. There'd be nothing you couldn't do. It's not the money that you want. It's not the money that you want. It's power. Why do people want to be a celebrity? Why do people want to be, you know, Harrison Ford or, or, or I don't know, Michael Jackson or, or Donald Trump? It's power. People, people, why do people want to own their own business? Power. So when you have power, you can do what you want. I don't want to go to work today. Oh, I have to go to work because I have no money. I have to go to work. But if I had a million dollars, I would not go to work today. I, don't, I want to buy a pony for my daughter. I, I don't like the feeling of not being able to buy her a pony. Sometimes it breaks my heart, not that I can't buy her a pony, but that I can't do some things. I, my heart is to take my wife to Europe. You know, she and I worked years and years in a church plant, years and years in a, in a, in a business, and it's been hard. And I just I took, was looking at photos of a holiday, and I thought, wow, it's been a long time. I want to take her to Europe, but I can't, and that hurts me. That that breaks my heart. Now, I know that God is going to give me the desires of my heart, and it's by faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. That's another one for you around understanding. When you get understanding, why why doesn't God always answer your prayers? Don't I have enough faith? Yes, you have faith. He speaks, but the problem is it's faith and patience that we inherit the promise of God. There's an equation for you. You can take that equation to the bank. You can take that equation to the to the to the economists. You take your faith and you ask God and you keep asking because faith is the guarantee. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. This is how prayers get answered. 1 John 5.14 You go into heaven and you see. You need to visualize your answer is there. You go into heaven and you see your car. You see your wife. You see your holiday. You see your needs met. And that is your guarantee. That is the evidence. And then you come back down to earth and you ask for it. You take your spirit man and you say, God, I thank you. I, ha- I own that house. It is mine and it is coming and it's paid for. Then patience begins to work it itself out. Because it's by faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. Now, God has promised you, you are the head and not the tail. You will lend and not borrow. You will be victorious. You are an overcomer through Christ. So you need to take this stuff. This is how you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't derail your prayers just before they get answered, which I'm sure we've all done. And so what I'm getting to I'm always talking about seeking first the kingdom. I'm always talking about your spirit man, who you really are. And I'm talking today about taking control. Now, I want to tell you what happens if I told you that you do have a million dollars. Because what you really want is power. 
If you had a, I know you're not hearing me, but it's not about the money. It's about power. If you had a million dollars, you could pay off your house. If you had a million dollars, you could do whatever you wanted. You want to pay, you get frustrated when you call the phone company and, the, and they don't answer and it goes through to another person. You get frustrated when somebody's little child is sick or their grandmother is sick and they don't have the money for the hospital. They don't have the insurance. It it's, makes you angry. I want to... Why can't that lady buy her medication? It's wrong. Why is it wrong? Because you don't have power. It's wrong that your mother has to go to work in her 70s because she can't afford to pay her rent. You know, because her alcoholic husband wasted all of the family inheritance on alcohol and then left and died young. And now she is working and you want your mum to retire. You want your mum to be on the Queen Mary having butlers bring her caviar on a plate and someone massaging her feet. That's the way it should be. Yeah. But you don't have power. You don't have power when your bills are due. You don't have power when your kids need to go to school or need something. But Jesus showed us how to have power. Jesus, people loved Jesus because he gave them power. People followed Jesus because he healed their diseases. He rose the dead. He walked on the water. He commanded the waves. He turned the water into wine. He paid their taxes. Jesus, if he did anything, demonstrated power, power, power. Power, power, power. Power. They followed him because of the power. Jesus even said, don't believe my words, believe my power. He said that. He said, if you don't believe my words, believe the signs and believe the works that I do. Yeah? Jesus said that. Jesus said to the Pharisees, If you don't believe me, believe, at least believe the works that I do. The Bible says God confirms the word by signs and wonders following. And I'm telling you, God wants to confirm his word by signs and wonders following you. But there's not going to be any signs or wonders coming out of your flesh. The signs and the wonders come out of your spirit, man. Now, Jesus told you this, friend, when he said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Multiple rivers of living water in your belly called finances 
shock and awe finances, finances that can buy the government, finances that can change the politics, finances that can take over a city. There are rivers of family and restoration and reconciliation. There are rivers of signs and wonders. There are rivers of miracles and healing. There are rivers of revelation. There are rivers of prophecy and encouragement. There are rivers of authority. They flow out of your belly, which is your spirit. Because that's where the Holy Spirit is. So that's why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. That's why you need to die to your flesh every day. That's why you need to set your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. That's why you need to look up at things above and set your mind on things above and think above, think about pure things and not watch Netflix. So your spirit is power. Your spirit is power, 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 your spirit is power. I said your spirit is power, your spirit is power, not your mind, not your emotions, your spirit is power. And if you can learn how to go there, you will walk in the power of God. You will manifest the power of God. Now, I didn't go to my mind when I saw the postman, or I wouldn't have blown him up with the word of God. Thank God I I prayed for a woman at the airport yesterday. She was with her father, and she was on a little wheelchair. It It was like an old lady wheelchair, you know, where you sort of sit down and... On it, like it's like a it's like a stool with wheels, you know, like a shopping trolley with wheels. It wasn't quite a wheelchair, but she was young. She was nineteen or twenty, and I had my government security pass on. Yeah, yeah, I had my government security pass on. I'm at, I'm at the airport, and there's a, there's federal police there with machine guns now because of COVID, and I don't care. I said, hey, lady, can I pray for you? I said, I'll probably get arrested, but, but I, said, I, I said, God doesn't want you in that wheelchair thingy. And I said, I command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and I didn't get arrested. And um, her dad looked a bit funny, but he said, amen. Um, and I continued to pray for her, Megan. Megan, you are healed. As I pray, I see her and I speak out of my spirit. Your hips are healed in Jesus' name. No more surgery, no more nervous problems, no medication in Jesus' name. So, your, But my mind would have definitely derailed me. My mind said, you can't do this, you're going to get arrested, the federal police have machine guns, you know, you're wearing your ID badge, what if they report you? And you know what I decided? I decided that I'm going to obey God. I decided that He is enough. I've decided that the kingdom of God is enough. I'm not just willing to die for Jesus. I'm willing to die for the kingdom of God. That, that's a new thing for me. I must preach the kingdom. And I believe that if He ever tells me to do something, you know, if I'm walking down the street and He says to pray for somebody that I must do it because 
that is a very that you know i need to pray for people even if he doesn't say and i need to communicate the kingdom even if he doesn't say but certainly if he says to i know that that's what you call a compound effect Mo- those are the moments when when if i don't say that to her it's going to affect a hundred people that's what i believe i believe that you know there's something about her there's there's something about that person it's going to be a compound effect it's going to lead to somebody else getting saved you know who knows maybe she gets saved and her child you know becomes a born again christian and you know whatever and it's all because i stopped to pray but if i didn't who knows maybe the plane would have crashed who knows you know i don't know so but but the, those moments i think are really important and i think that if you don't obey god in those moments that god has to you know get that you know he has to work a whole bunch you know he's all that's you don't know what you don't know you know we're not all powerful and all knowing like god so he might have you know he might have moved heaven and earth to get her there he might have you know canceled her operation and made it in 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 my city instead of another city just so that I prayed for her yesterday. You know, you just don't know the effort the angels had to <laughs> had to delay them to get there to get me there at that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like just you don't need to understand. You know, you don't need to understand. You just need to obey. Just if you become somebody who God can trust to obey him in those little things, who cares? What's the worst that could happen? Seriously, what's the worst that could happen? Megan says, no, don't pray for me. I feel bad. Oh, there it is. There's my soul. The worst that can happen is you're trying to protect your soul. You are trying to admit it. I admit it. I'm trying to avoid pain. The any time I don't obey God in the moment, whether it's laying hands on somebody or praying for somebody or raising somebody from the dead is because I'm trying to save my life. And Jesus said he will lose it, but he who loses find it. And what he's saying there is don't I'm trying to protect my soul. I'm being soul-led. I'm being led by my emotions. I'm being led by my will. I'm being led by my mind. This is a really hard teaching. This is hard. But this is the deal that we've got. If you want to be a Christian, you've got to follow him. If you want to be a Christian, you've got to obey him. If you want to be a Christian, you've got to die to you, to your soul, to yourself, to your what you want. And this is how it works. Your spirit is power. Power, power, power. Your spirit has control over your soul. When you realize this, you're going to change your life. You, and I'm going to finish up, I'm going to wrap up really quickly because I could do 20 minutes on this easily. Your soul contains your mind, will, and emotions. Somebody who is in control of their mind will think things through. Say, think things through. Often we don't think things through. Some of you have gifts in uh, cognition. Some of us have cognitive, you know, other areas. 
but you need to think things through. When that phone bill comes, you don't just leave it in the envelope. Open it, have a look at how much it is, feel the pain, look at the due date, write it on the calendar and pay it. That's called thinking things through. God cannot bless you if you are not taking control of your soul. That's, I'm telling you, you're bankrupt because your soul is ruling you. You don't have money in the bank because you're not thinking things through. God is faithful and just, and God will forgive your sins, and God will, you know, God will meet all of your needs, but he's waiting for you to show maturity and grow up. Okay, grow up. Am I loving you? Am I disciplining you? Am I fathering you? Yes, I'm telling you, this is what you've got to do. Now, half of you do this and half of you don't. So how do you extend the power that's in your spirit into the earth? Well, first of all, you take power and control over your soul. If you want to curse the fig trees and walk on water, you need to control your soul first because your soul will derail your life. Okay, so... How do you take control over your mind? You think things through. Number two, how do you take control over your emotions? You feel it, but you don't do it. Say it, I feel it, but I don't do it. I feel it, but I don't do it. So if somebody hurts your feelings... The right thing to do, the way you take control, is you feel it. I feel pain. I feel hurt. I feel disappointment. The wrong thing to do is to not feel it. That's called getting angry. That's called being despondent. If you need medication, if you need to go see a psychologist, that's not, you're, you're already out of line there. I'm not saying don't see a psychologist. That can help you sometimes. What I'm saying is feel it. Feel the pain. Feel the loss. Some of you need to go back to failures in business. Some of you need to go back to memories. You know, even go back to physical places. You may need to drive past your home where you grew up as a child and feel the pain and feel the the abuse and the torture or whatever happened to you. You may need to go to your high school and walk around. Or just if you can't get there, go and look at photos. I'm not talking about a pity party. Satan is using the spirit of self-pity. It is a satanic entity. Do not go. Disappointment is a satanic entity. Depression is a person. Anxiety is a person. Depression is a person. Poverty is a person. I'm telling you, there's no it's not a there's not a demon under every rock. There's six or seven demons under every rock. So what I'm not saying to do that. What I'm saying is your soul needs to face it. It's about accountability. It's about taking responsibility. So your soul needs to feel your emotions. So go and have a cry and then you make a choice not to respond to that. So Jesus 
you know, although he felt betrayed by Judas, he still chose to go to the cross. Okay, so you've got to feel it. Number three, your will is so easy. It's called make a decision. You have got to make a decision. Some of you, maybe you're in relationships, but you need to make a decision. Maybe you're in a church that's not working for you. You need to make a decision. Don't just stay there for 20 years, you know, waiting for things to get really bad. You know, make a decision based on the Word of God. Make a decision based on wisdom. Make a decision based on wise counsel. What you're not able to do is make a decision based on your emotions. And you're not able to make a decision based on your mind. Shock horror. You're not able to make a decision based on your mind. You make a decision based on the Word of God. So you you tithe, you go to church, doesn't matter what you think, doesn't matter what you feel, you make a decision, I am married, I am not going to separate. I am a father, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to pay the bills, I'm not going to quit my job because I don't feel like going. Now, when you exercise power from your spirit in your soul, I'm telling you, mate, the devil will pack up and leave. Now, this takes, the results may not be immediate, but they will come. Because I've been doing this now for a couple of years, and I'm starting to see the devil pushed out. I'm doing, I'm, my will is, I'm making decisions. I'm feeling things, and I'm thinking things through. And I'm finding that God is answering my prayers, you know, quicker than I, than I ever believed. You know, God is starting to to compound. God is starting to pay off my bills, cancel debts, um, give me favor. And I know that it's only a matter of time before I'm in a ridiculous amount of favor. It's going to become ridiculous. I'm going to have too much money, too much spare time, too many friends, too many opportunities. That's what Jesus said. He said, push down pressed together and running over. Malachi said, you will not have room to contain the blessing. Jesus said, it's called an abundant life. Abundant life. Abundant life. Yeah, it's called joy unspeakable and full of glory. And why aren't you seeing all of this overflow? Why aren't you seeing all of this overflow? Well, because you haven't taken the power and applied it. You haven't taken the power that's in your spirit, man, and dominated your soul, thinking things through, feeling things, and making a decision. God, you are ridiculous. God, you are too much. You are too good. You are too amazing. But we receive you today. We walk inside you today. And Lord, I just ask you to give these people the power of the coming age. Lord, help them like you've helped me. Send them angels. Send them friends, crazy friends who are crazier than them. Send them friends who are going to believe God. Send them friends who are crazy. I'm not a fundamentalist. I'm a kingdom person. 
I'm way, way more crazy than a fundamentalist. I'm out of control. I'm out of my mind. I'm in the kingdom of God. And I bless these people that they would find some crazy friends who are out of their mind, who will believe God and who will challenge them to go to this place of power, love and a sound mind that they already are. I pray that they'd find a church where they believe in Jesus, obey him and seek first the kingdom of God, where there isn't just the works of the flesh and the natural mind, where there isn't just the form of godliness but denying its power. Yeah? And God, I ask that any friends that they have that are backwashed, whitewater, whitewashed Christians who are going to, you know, uh, you know, you know, put unbelief into their lives, I ask that you'd give them discernment to love them but to take a step back and to put up a boundary in Jesus' name. In fact, I just declare a, a, a sabbatical. Lord, for the next six months, for these people, if they want to, that you would just put them into the Holy Spirit, you know, school, that you would just pre- cut off some relationships that are holding them back and some friendships that you would baptize them in your word and in the kingdom, that angels would be released, that you would begin to teach them understanding in the kingdom of God, that you would start to give them understanding in the kingdom of God, and that you would coach them. I can't, I'm not there, but that you would coach them in the way that you coached me, in the name of Jesus.